0: So,
1: hello,
0: it is Lisa from Photography Farm, and today in the podcast, I am talking to Magic. I'm going to get him to properly introduce himself because no matter how many times I've tried, I cannot pronounce your name. Yes. Properly in Polish. So tell us who you are and where you are, and then we'll get into it. All
1: right. So, hello, everybody. Uh, So, my name, full name is Maciej Suwałowski. Repeat Maciej
0: Maciej Suwałowski.
1: Yeah, Suwałowski. Uh, Yes, which like Maciej being a full name, uh, you usually get. it's not even sh- shortened, but like the light version of Maché, which is very official. It's Maciek, mm-hmm. uh, and um, hence the magic. Hey, I'm oh, uh-huh. Magic. No, I'm oh, you're magic? No, I'm Magic. Oh, you're magic? Now I'm magic. So everyone uh, calls me magic. I rebranded, I think it was two years ago from my full name and full surname. Um, so it used to be www.machysvalovsky.com and I had international clients and I remember that one time when I saw a picture, uh, that my bride posted from, uh, from elopement that I shot in Iceland, uh, and there was like hundreds of likes and comments and people were like going crazy about the picture, uh, because like, she announced that they're eloped. Um, and at, at the very bottom, she said, "Like, oh, one of the best decisions was to hire amazing photographer, Machi Suvac, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and and like that that was nothing. <laughs> like the first, maybe the first symbol and the last one of my name were correct, and everyone else, like, else was like blah, was blah, like, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so that was the moment I was like, oh, okay, that doesn't work very well for my marketing. Uh, if people cannot remember." Uh, my name and pass it on so so yeah so I changed to magic Uh, I am from Poland I live in Poland so to all the UK brothers and sisters listening I I might be the only Polish person you know that actually lives in Poland Uh, (laughs) yeah this is my classic joke about Polish people (laughs) especially in the UK because there's like so many Polish people that moved to UK uh, yeah, and I live, I was born and raised in Warsaw, which is the capital of uh, Poland. And yeah, and this is where I am right now, speaking to you guys. Well,
0: I'm very excited to be heading to Warsaw in a couple of weeks.
1: Yes. Um, so I feel like we're, we're,
0: we're, yes, we're like little exchange guys, aren't we? So mm-hmm. we are doing each other's conferences. Yes. Um, and I'm really excited, I'm really nervous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a definitely interesting experience for you to see all these Polish people. So yeah, also you'll be translated simu- simultaneously. So okay. there's like lots of uh, you know little things happening during the conference itself. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm excited to have you there, and uh, I will wonder to uh, listen to your opinion afterwards.
0: Oh yeah, as, no, as you know, I-
1: as a fellow organizer.
0: <laughs> well, yes. We we need to form a gang. We need to form like some sort of secret society of conference organizers.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah exchange the ra- ratings uh and ideas and stuff.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of talk about what's for lunch. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, listen. So you touched upon it earlier. You are from Poland. You do still live in Poland, yes. and like you said, a lot of people have have left Poland, and I, I'm from Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the, there I is didn't so yeah, yeah. No, it's a little-known fact about me. Um, but uh, there is like a lot of Polish in the community in Northern Ireland for some reason. Um, and I kind of feel like the Polish have filled up all the Irish.
1: Yeah, it was the moment. It, the definitely the moment when the borders uh, they opened uh yeah. there are like tons of people from poland going to ireland uh, i think it was the first country actually that the way like uh, and they call it green I- green island so it was <laughs> like the you know uh the golden uh, era of uh of people working somewhere else and like learning other languages uh but like for from me personally um i am from a big city mhm which gives a lot of opportunities. Uh, so, not many, like, I don't know many of my friends uh, that would, you know, go somewhere, uh, like, except people that start working corporate jobs and maybe move to some places like, you know, Australia or like Singapore, like crazy. Mm-hmm. Places, but most of the people that actually left Poland to places like Ireland come. They come from a little cities, you know, that they they oh, okay. had kind of no choice. Like there's nothing to do here. Like mm-hmm. let's do something crazy. Let's, you know, let's go to some other country and see how it is.
0: Yeah, but that's why all the Irish left because there's nothing to do in Ireland.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And <laughs> then the robots will come, and there will be nothing to do for humans. <laughs> yeah. First Polish yeah. people, then robots.
0: <laughs> oh, good, glad to know. And we can predict the future. The Polish, then the robots.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> well, so um, speaking of which, robots and all of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do I segue from that one? Um, yeah. But so tell me a little bit more about Warsaw. What was it like to grow up there?
1: oh uh, so yeah it, it, it was definitely fun so like n- nothing extraordinary if you grow up in some place you think it's it's normal right you think mm-hmm. it's natural where you are and what people are around you uh, 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 until probably not high school even but the university i went to the warsaw university university of technology i studied lighting design and that was the first moment for me to meet people outside of Warsaw, uh, because when you go to the primary school, everyone is from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Then you go to high school, everyone is from neighborhood. But then, then you go to university, and there are people from all over the Poland that want to learn in the like the best university there is from technology, which is in Warsaw, or or um, uh, other universities like the Warsaw ones are since it's the biggest city it's the business city people go there to learn and people Mm -hmm. stay there uh to have good jobs like all the big companies are in warsaw um so that was the first moment for me to learn about okay there's a lot of people not from warsaw in warsaw um and and the same happened then i moved i started my first Job was job in a small lighting design company. I was a lighting designer, and then I started working for a big corporation, Philips, that used to make lighting setups and stuff like that. Uh, and I remember in that job for in a team of 20 people, there were only two or three in Warsaw, and then every weekend everybody was going back to their hometowns, um, yeah, yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, And I I had so many friends that uh, got married in Warsaw, but were were from South Poland, which is like four hours by car, and got married with a wife that's from North Poland, which is also four hours by car. And then when Christmas comes, on the first day of Christmas, they go north. On the second day of Christmas, they go south because they want to, you know, meet both families. So that's like interesting, you know, dynamics of of the big cities. While for, from me, like my parents, they live here. Uh, my wife's parents, they live here. So we are like pretty convenient situation in terms of you know, Christmas, at least, and other family reunions. Uh, we have, you know, our families around. Uh, and also having kids, it's much easier then. Because you have someone to you know help you out with if there is emergency or something while i know so many people here in warsaw uh just have no other choice but like for example invite the mother to their house for like three months which is nightmare don't do it <laughs> uh it will ruin your marriage uh, yeah so funny stuff like this makes like uh, i i'd say like living in warsaw like warsaw it is big big city definitely the city to work in uh if you want to to make a career in some corporate job or or stuff like this and also becoming kind of a hipster place uh i actually really like it i at some point i was uh, i started traveling around the world and i got oh my oh my god like lisbon and portugal amazing oh my god berlin amazing and like all the places i went were amazing but then after You know, few trips like this, um, I realized that that actually Warsaw has nothing, uh, you know, to be ashamed of, for example, Mm -hmm. which I thought as like a Polish people probably have that that like feeling in their deep in their heads that like we are like a little bit lower than, you know, like because Mm -hmm. of the. Communism that were like up to 89 and uh, 1989. So we were stuck in the in the war zone kind of for mm. for years So I think it's it definitely my generation is would be the the generation that grew up on like the parents who were living in the uh In the you know, our, our grandparents were in the wars and stuff like that Um so I think that's still In the heads of people and hopefully the next generation won't uh won't experience that uh but then yeah like i I told you like traveling around the world make me realize realize how awesome warsaw is it's it has amazing food amazing restaurants like uh you can eat everything you want like (laughs) i love like when i visit mark in glasgow and and there's only two up like of course he lives outside of glasgow so he doesn't live in
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in
1: the city <laughs> but when we need to order food you realize that there's not money many options well for me i just open an app and there's like hundreds hundreds of options <laughs> to order that's going to be here in like 10 minutes yeah if i feel like i want a sushi i order sushi if i feel like like actually just in front of my house they're built uh uh this nice set of restaurants, uh, which uh, one of them it's the best pizza place in Warsaw. Um, so yeah, so Warsaw is being very convenient in terms of all that you know, big city environment things. Uh, no, you're
0: making me hungry, but I when I come over there, I want I'm gonna want the pierogi.
1: Oh yeah, and... we'll get you some pierogies. No worries, uh, <laughs> all, all the pierogies you want. We have uh, we have tradition uh, when we invite. Speakers to our uh, conference in Warsaw, uh, we go to eat all the pierogies.
0: <laughs> oh, amazing! Yes. Yeah. So when I met my husband, yeah, yeah. he was working in a bar owned in Brighton, owned by a Polish guy. Oh, and so there's, there's there was a lot of Polish elements to the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I waiters. I ended up waitressing there for about two and a half years while I set up my wedding photography business. So, yeah, I had a lot of meatballs, pierogi. <laughs> Yeah, and vodkas, they're like bison oh, grass, yeah, uh, yeah, some really nice. Do you like know, bison grass?
1: No, um, uh, so like
0: you... Zabrovna, no, what's that? Zabruvka, Zabruvka,
1: yes, Zabruvka, yeah, 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 So, yeah, I'm familiar with the names, I'm not a vodka guy, so I will have to disappoint everyone that would think <laughs> that oh, we have a Polish person we can drink vodka with. Uh, I'm not a big drinker, I occasionally drink wine with my wife um no. uh but i i don't drink vodka i don't drink beers i'm not a beer person uh so yeah i'm kind of weird in terms of that. <laughs> i remember like we started working with uh the the team of, of sony um i'm, I'm mm-hmm. sony ambassador uh, in europe and i work with the polish sony here closely and there's like lots of these guys quite older than me, having the style of doing events that they go, you know, they, they they get in the car, they go for like a road show for like three cities and in between cities they just, you know, have nice evenings to drink. Yeah. And how disappointed they were to find out like, hey, magic doesn't drink,
0: like, uh-huh.
1: like how crazy is that? Uh, like we picked the wrong ambassador. And so yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's the, definitely the cultural, thing uh like drinking uh which would probably be we think that you um uh, when you think of a polish person you think oh drinking vodka uh but also i think our generation is already kind of passing that that that, that tradition like it, the, the moment has passed like generation above us so our parents like vodka was on every party uh <laughs> it, like when when i don't know the. name day is a big thing do you know do you have name days Uh, for babies no it's like a day in a calendar that you celebrate the the, the name so like a lisa like day that lisa has a day in the calendar
0: oh but i want lisa day
1: (laughs) yeah so it's like uh, there are birthdays and there are name days name days are in calendar so you can see with which day is in calendar it's machi day so my day my name day so name day in Polish, mean Uh I, I actually don't know if it's if it's even translation. Like wait, let me let me see if there is a translation for immenine. Uh a
0: mini day?
1: This is
0: amazing. Now he set me off. Yeah, name, you
1: baby? name day, name day party. Uh mm-hmm. so so yeah, so uh, there was a big thing, like it's it's called Name Day at your aunt place. Uh it's like a, thing here so it's is having the name day and everyone goes there all your cousins uh and there's a vodka on the table and, yeah and this is
0: sounding amazing
1: so yeah but but it was that it's definitely the thing our parents did and um i don't think it's it's like not at least not in Warsaw it's not a thing for young people to do uh they rather go and have some you know drinks uh, smoke something uh, but there's you know no parties that you just vodka on the table
0: wow so it's changed. Uh, so you, you don't changed. yeah what what do you think is your biggest vice then if you don't drink
1: yeah i think, think if, if i i would drink I would, uh, uh, like uh, that, that that's funny because i do feel that i thrive uh, in the uh, crowds mhm like if there's more and more people i Get more and more excited and uh, I'm more and more active and you know mm-hmm. funny and like oh like I don't know the mm-hmm. the blood is pumping like the heart is pumping blood to my brain and I go excited get excited and probably if I would drink I would get even crazier so maybe it's a good thing that I don't drink mm-hmm. um,
0: yeah <laughs> uh, so uh, do you play any instruments?
1: I do I do did and i still can but i you know i don't i have plenty of guitars somewhere here lying in my office and uh yeah i used to play guitar guitar in the band Ah. uh, good times
0: well i worked in music for a long time so i know a lot of people who get very addicted to that crowd and the uh, adulation and that buzz that you get like
1: yeah, it it was a lot of fun to play in a band actually, but it, yeah, it was times when I was in my high school, uh, uh, we had a band, we 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 actually played really well, I'd say. Like we we were in TV, we were opening for big bands and Warsaw, but still opening for a big band that is like the Band, for example, in in the, here in Poland, you would get paid by beers. <laughs> and at some point beers are not enough yeah. uh you know
0: try taking those to the bank and paying your mortgage with them
1: exactly so that was a very tough kind of a decision to like oh should you go into music or not uh and uh like out of all of my friends that we play one kind of stayed in music uh he moved to Denmark he went to school he had a band he was like touring all over the europe but still uh when he doesn't play he works in like a food truck and sell pancakes so <laughs> so and he's my age so 30 what what, what are we, 35 35 mm-hmm. uh year old dude uh, living a rock and roll life um <laughs> very hard to you know have a family from that Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's pretty much why I got out of it because I was so sick of all the traveling. Yeah. Um, and what's fun in the beginning, towards the end, was the stuff that really wound me up.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like getting. Like, what did you do? Like, did you play or or? No,
0: no, I was a photographer, so I was okay shooting bands for record companies. Oh, and magazines. oh.
1: what was the so, biggest band you you photographed?
0: Oh. oh.
1: Yeah.
0: Eric Clapton Eric maybe? Clapton awesome you heard of that guy
1: uh something yeah yeah it just rings a bell
0: <laughs> um yeah i did quite a lot i did it for like uh, over 10 years and I, I mean i did some rock but i did a lot of um like pop bands as well a lot of mm-hmm. boy bands
1: but i guess then your salary would be uh depending on how the photo would perform later on in newspapers and stuff uh, not really, no? not really,
0: really. No. initially, when I first um, did it, uh, it was kind of the glory days of, of that industry because you oh. could become mm-hmm. like official photographer for an act, and so really popular acts like pop, especially because pop music, the artists just have a lot more visual imagery.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. so, so star, I, I'm guessing that was after Spice Girls, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, sort of like uh, yeah, yeah, around like that time. Like I never photographed the Spice Girls, but that would be something. uh, Glory times of sort of British pop, but yeah, so pop art artists had a lot of visual imagery. Rock stars would make like an album, and they would do a lot of promo, and that was it. The I separate. did a lot of. Um, Unless Iron, Iron
1: Maiden, they have pretty nice setups on their stages, like with the skeletons and stuff. Uh,
0: oh yeah, yeah. No, I never did any skeletons. I did do a shoot with um, <laughs> Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. Oh,
1: that's awesome! The second
0: that's photographer and cool. um,
1: these guys are was,
0: like live goats and all that, like jazz. Oh, <laughs> they were pretty crazy. Nice. Um, yeah, no, so. so pop artists had a lot of um, visual imagery so what you would do is have a relationship with them where you would photograph a lot of the stuff that they need a lot of the more mundane stuff that they need and then like build up a book or work on a calendar or do the you know when they released a cd and you would be able to sell the images and you would have like exclusive access to them Okay. Um, but they would have some control, so they would be able to see what images you were putting into a nice. library, and then we all split the income. So as a as a photographer, it was a really lucrative thing to do, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sort of quite a lot of guaranteed work. Um, but yeah, I don't think that kind of thing goes on anymore. I think um, it's every man for himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now with the cell phones and stuff.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah crazy it's crazy well you know they're just um, record companies is a very uh different industry you know it's like it's so digital so online you know there's just so much less opportunities for photographers and yeah like a lot of it is more candid photography now
1: oh yeah
0: Uh, but we're not here to talk about me (laughs)
1: like
0: i always do I know, this is terrible. When I did this with Jennifer Moa, who's also doing your event, um, I just but she's terrible. She twists everything around, so you end up talking about yourself the whole
1: time. Yeah, so you know, we get to chat at least. I
0: know, I know. So <laughs> tell me, you were playing in bands, you were earning beers, and where did the photography come in? So, is photography something that you always did, or tell no, me you're sort of No, no, no,
1: no. So actually, my my bio, my my photography bio is like anti bio of our, of all the possible. Like, I didn't, I, I I wasn't born with the camera in my hand. I, I didn't do film photography when i was seven or i my my dad didn't have a lab or anything like this <laughs> i i actually had no camera camera until my mid 20s wow uh, and i haven't taken this like a single picture until i was 24. um so like i always like i i kind of get like uh learned that about myself myself later on that but I always liked photos I always liked coming back to the memories and like the family albums and I, I liked looking at them and and enjoying just you know bringing back these moments mm, but never you know that that was also not a big part of our family thing like we had we had some you know some we call them monkey cameras, the point-and-shoot cameras, um, and so like until we were maybe ten, there's like few albums, and then there's like nothing in our, you know, teen age, like me and my brother, um, sure. uh, because that, that 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 was not a thing for for yeah. us. Um, uh, so I had only these memories, these albums from when I was uh, little. Uh, And then it was probably around my twenties. I kind of uh, started being like I I remember one time that I went to one of my uncles who 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 lives like um, in some like in the woods, kind of like he has a little house uh, in the middle of nowhere, and he he owns a bookstore and he's a big traveler. He loved traveling. Uh, like twice a year, he does this big, like four-week adventures, and he goes to India, South Africa, and some crazy rural places like this. And he had this camera in his house, and he was showing us photos. And since I stayed with with him uh, for a week, I had the opportunity to play with the camera. So my first actual photos that I remember myself taking were the pictures of lady ladybugs. Uh, in a, you know, um, on a field and some some stuff like this. And I was so excited about this, that I could do a macro photography. I was like moving the focus ring and I was like, oh shit, that's amazing. And I had this isolation of the subject flower and the blurred background. And I was like, oh, that that's exciting. And I was like, ah, oh, I need to look into, like I need to get myself a camera. But I wasn't making any money. I had no money back then I was still studying, Um, but I kind of had this, it popped in my head, I would like to have a camera. Um, And then my wife, I got married with my wife, and like maybe a year before we got married, uh, because I was already interested in photography, we bought a camera, um, and she actually borrowed me money for my first camera. So first camera that I ever, ever bought was from money borrowed from my wife. Uh, which was not my wife at that time. Um, uh, and I started taking portraits of her. That was my first f- photographic experience. Um, uh, and then we were to book a photographer for our wedding. And there was this, this, this guy that I, uh, that I knew from our musical uh, to times. Uh, I was a guitar player and he was a drummer. In in a band that, and not our band, but the the band like friends, our mm-hmm. friends band. So I knew him, and I remember that he quit music and someone told like he quit music to shoot weddings. And I was like, what? Like this? is crazy. <laughs> Like why? Why? He was so good, you know. He was like amazing drummer. Like, Shooting weddings? What's this? and then i remember about this and i found him before our wedding and like he was one of the best polish photographers uh at that time very like glamour type of thing so um she shot our wedding uh, the photos were amazing we did we did like the post wedding session on the top of the skyscraper i had the guitar uh he <laughs> did, like the big vignette it was like you know this hero <laughs> shots like really wide angles and uh, like yeah that like that was 2009 so that was like 2009ish style of photos um that got me so excited that i bought a new camera and started taking more photos of my wife but i didn't intend to shoot weddings because i didn't like weddings i was like no weddings are are bad the music is bad you know there's this disco music at polish weddings that like they're drinking a lot of vodka the like it's ugly and i don't like it um, but then, you know, someone asked me, like one of my friends just asked me, like, Hey, because I had the website, I, I set up a website to put all the portraits of my wife on the website. And someone like, some of my friends were like, Oh, well, we, we love the photos that you take of your wife. Can you shoot the, our wedding? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I, I figured out, oh, maybe I'll make money for the lens I want to buy. And I, I shot one then I shot five, I shot 10, then I was shooting 20. But I was still treating this as a hobby, uh, and I had a regular job as a lighting designer while shooting 20 weddings a year, so while having two kids at that time. So that was busy times, I remember, uh, having almost every weekend uh, in a high season, so between June and uh, and August was taken. So every week there was a wedding, Monday to Friday there was a job, evenings I was editing uh, photos. Uh yeah, and and I was struggling to make that leap, you know, to 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 just let it go and make a decision because it also, I'm I was like I was studying a technical thing before, so I was very good at math. And I love Excel. So i made an Excel sheet of how much I'm making now and how much I would need to make. So how much I would need to charge. And, and, it, and I couldn't, you know, make it meet um, mm-hmm. the criteria to, to, to decide since my wife was taking care of kids. We had two small kids at that time. Uh, so uh, everything was on me. Uh, so yeah and Warsaw is also like since it's the biggest city in in Poland it's expensive it's more expensive than all of the other places so yeah it, it took me a lot of time I actually probably shot for three or four years like 20 weddings a year before I could make the switch uh and that also came with shooting more international weddings and being more aware changed website and started uh you know learning uh yeah
0: wow yeah okay. long story
1: right <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you get into photography uh, <laughs> 20 minutes later oh, that's it
0: so what camera did you start out with
1: ah uh, that was fujifilm s Six thousand five hundred. That was a comp like advanced compact camera. Then I had Olympus was my first uh DSLR, Olympus uh E410, that was the number, and then I switched to Canon 30D, uh, mm. and then to Canon 5D, Canon
0: 5D two, Canon
1: 5D. Ah, then you were so I was like, yeah, I was doing five f- D's and then I switched to Sony's. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, so we probably should uh, discuss this because I, yes, I've been the, switched from Canon yeah. after like years. 25 years of something years. <laughs> ridiculous, yeah. like just loyally sticking with Canon and being totally yeah. fine. I was honestly the last person I thought would ever change camera systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and year on i just absolutely love it in fact it's my birthday in a couple of days and i am spending it at sony's headquarters that's oh
1: that's amazing
0: giving up up my birthday to go and spend time in weybridge
1: right yeah yeah. i have not been there yet but that's amazing Huh.
0: yeah, it's, it's a fun place. I like the cafe is amazing. it's a, it's a bit like a uh, kind of Google Fi's like yeah. games room and um of course, there's lots of PlayStation stuff.
1: of course that's that's how they make the the real money.
0: yeah, they don't make money off them cameras. Um, but yeah, so tell me how come you first um switched over there?
1: Oh, uh, that's like yeah. It's also a crazy story uh, because there's like uh, yeah, so many people ask me like, oh, how can I, uh, you know, apply to be ambassador? Like, how did you do it? And I like I kind of call it pure luck, uh, <laughs> uh, but also it's mixed with 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 lots of things around. So, um, so I, I was I was happy with my cannons, uh, but that's. I think that's also something that you kind of force yourself to think uh, that you're happy, because like I was trying all the other cameras around. So within w- within the time that I was shooting Canon, I got Nikon D750, then I got Fuji X, Pro. so I was X too. I was all the time searching for something, um, and like my main. At, at, at from the moment i had fuji expert too so the like for me first professional mirrorless camera because first mirrorless camera with two card slots ever mm-hmm. uh and that was my my first mirrorless which like i fell in love with the idea of looking at the electronical viewfinder and seeing the final image because when back when i was shooting canon i was shooting live view all the time because I, I wanted to see the final image I don't want to mm-hmm. waste time during the edit post process uh, to you know to, to, to you know fix all, all, all uh, the things while I can do it while shooting
0: mm-hmm.
1: so uh, but but fuji was not for me because it was not full frame so like yeah. the, 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 like after one season of shooting it along Canon I was like I don't like the images like mm-hmm. I love the camera but I love yeah. don't like the images uh and and then here comes the luck uh thing i I, I just get an email from a lady working in Sony uh, that like, hey, my name is Ula. I've been working for Sony for like a year and something now, and I follow your work for years. uh and maybe you want to try some Sony cameras <laughs> like. And I was like, huh, Sony? <laughs> like, what? Like, I had Sony. I had Sony A7S to for making some movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was an amazing camera. But I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have opportunity to play with anything else. And at that time, they only had A9. Uh, right. like that was the moment that they came out with, with A9. Um, I played a bit with A9 because one of my friends uh, from Italy, Roberto Panchatici, I Came to Poland just after the release, and uh, and we played it, and, and I was mind blown how amazing it is. But I still didn't consider getting these cameras because they were so expensive at the time of launch. Uh, so switching a system to two cameras like this, plus all the lenses, while yeah. while just maybe a year earlier, I just bought my my last L lens that I always wanted. So, You know, I just had my full arsenal for Canon. So I wasn't thinking of, of of switching, but then you know they approached me like, "Hey, you want to try the cameras?" And we just came out with a 7 r free. and they borrowed me A9s first. Uh, so I shot some weddings with A9s. Then they borrowed me a 7 r free. and and that was the moment I was kind of sold to. Okay, I'm I'm ready, uh, and that's funny because they did they did not like they they were looking for maybe some people to. To work on Sony, but they were not looking for ambassador. But uh, after a few meetings and like me working with them a few months, they kind of uh, learned that I might be a valuable asset, I guess, for them. Um, so they, you know, uh, they asked me, "Hey, how about we we help you out with getting all the gear you want?" um stuff so, and maybe you can become ambassador and stuff like that and i still wasn't you know fully um at that time i was like really surprised and not fully convinced because like uh it's a lot uh of, of stuff like what should i do for it? like the you know the the whole thing that i just switched you know i i i haven't for me like i kind of had a feeling before that ambassador is something that you know you've been with the brand for 10 years and you can you know uh say like yeah sony is looking at me so that was the little bit of the hesitation here of of me being new to sony but also the true the truth was that it was that these were the first sony cameras that were actually good for wedding photographers like all mm-hmm. the previous versions with one card slot this tiny batteries was like yeah it wasn't it but yeah. these were the first ones to do so yeah so after a few months of you know shooting with them uh, then uh working with sony guys i finally got the, uh we, we got the conclusion okay Let's make a deal. So this is it. I can sign a contract. And yeah, and now it's been, uh, it's going to be my third year.
0: Nice.
1: This April. So yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Congratulations.
1: So yeah, I, I it's, it's, it's luck that the girl that she like, the, the story of the girl is funny because like she was, uh, she was a friend of someone who was getting married and the, this lady, they were looking for a photographer and I was on the list. I was not available to shoot that wedding but i was the only name that that she was like oh my god this guy is amazing and she kept following me for years and then started working in the company that make cameras and she she later on she told me like i had the dream to have one like you had you or like you know like it's, as soon as the gates are open for sony to work with with uh with wedding photographers I, I like i had a dream to to have you so like you know that that personal connection with someone that you never met uh but who followed you online for for some time and the, the funny thing is that they didn't even know when they approached me and after a few meetings they learned like oh this guy is doing a conference there is like a big community around this guy and there's like so these are the things that are you know where was i said was like I was a valuable asset. I had a CV that they could pass on to headquarters and say like, yeah, we need this guy. Yeah. And the funny story is also that uh, at some point the headquarters said like, no, this is too expensive to get this guy. <laughs> let, <laughs> let, let's get someone cheaper. Uh, and and the lady, uh, my friend from Sony, was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like you finally were getting ambassador for weddings and you want to go for just someone like, let's get, Let's get someone that we actually can, uh, you know, rely on to, to do things. So, yeah, and it's been three years and there's, you know, it's it was also a good moment for Sony to come up with. It was a momentum. Uh, I, I'm guessing you saw that as well with A7 III coming. And, yeah. and, like, it was selling like crazy. Like, every wedding photographer wanted to have Sony. And from a moment that like, I'm, like, I was approached to like, hey, you want to try these cameras? And I kind of like, Sony? Like, who uses Sonys? <laughs> um, and, like, now, three years later, everyone is like, hey, Magic, how, how can we work with Sony? Like, can you get us in? Can you, you know, can, you, uh, can we become ambassadors? Like, everyone w- wants to work with Sony. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's a funny long road. Uh, so, mix.
0: Funny. I mean, it's kind of funny for me because actually the first... SLR camera that I got, um, my parents bought me when I was 17 for my birthday, was a Minolta.
1: which Yeah, you
0: see. Yeah, see, which is what Sony Sony acquired Minolta and swallowed it whole. Um, But I bloody loved that camera. I absolutely loved it. And uh, it saw me through art college and then the very beginning of my music career um and then i was like you know i guess like it had the kit lens the kit lens was amazing like it came it it was a little tiny zoom but so zoom, yeah, but it yeah, also yeah. did macro um and uh, it just was such a little jack of all trades and uh just used to absolutely love it i still have it somewhere in my parents house um yeah just the, the design of it was like uh-huh. just really nice little fit yeah I really loved it um, and uh, yeah it's never sort of
1: it's and, not so, and which, which Sony's you should now?
0: so I went for the a7 okay, um okay. and I'm really happy with them do you know what the only time I've ever been asked for a bigger file was last week when Sony called me and said <laughs> that they were printing some of my work for the photography show at the NEC and oh, they yeah. wanted to, to crop a landscape image into a portrait image
1: yeah. and yeah, have yeah, a
0: yeah. bigger version of it. And I was like, okay, that's as big as the camera allows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's,
1: yeah. So like, it's not, I, I, I don't think my clients need uh, those 42 megapixels that I use uh but i do love it i mm-hmm. it's just it makes images so sharp and then i can crop whatever i want yeah. from them. uh yeah. and also like moving from um from canon that has like it, it had 31 megapixels i believe the one that i used and going down to 24 24 on a7 mm-hmm. or or a9 was uh I, I, I didn't feel like comfortable with this, so I went for higher megapixels. I actually dreamed of that, would, that they would release A9 Mark II with 36 megapixels. And that would be the camera for me. Like, the you know, the fast yes. with 36 megapixels. Uh, but they released the one with 24, and I was like, meh, meh. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the new R4, which is amazing, I shot with it multiple times but it has 62 megapixels and that's too much too many you know too much <laughs> for me um so i stick to our freeze for now and we'll see what uh what uh, what's his next in sony's portfolio
0: yeah who knows who knows if they're cooking up but yeah it was a, it was a bit of a, a moment for them wasn't it and then oh I yeah. kind of feel like there was a little bit of a backlash because uh, they were like, ah, everyone's jumping, everyone's going to sing. Jumping ships, yeah. Because they became the popular guys. Yeah, and, like
1: you know. it's the thing like, like every time some new awesome camera comes around and <laughs> and there's like so many people jumping ships uh, from one to another, then switching back, then switching back and forth. But I think that like Sony like definitely built themselves a nice base of users mm. Uh, mm. right now. Okay. So even if like other companies will come up with something new and awesome and some people will switch back, um, it's still gonna be, you know, um, it's get, like, I say like whatever good camera is coming up from, from all the manufacturers, it's, it's amazing for, for the consumer. So for us yeah. photographers, because yeah. of, like the cameras are getting so crazy, amazingly, Awesome, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the difference with Sony is they do go out into the community and
1: they do listen, yeah,
0: they do listen, but you know, they are really invested in the community. I, like I said, I shot Canon for 25 years and never once had a conversation with anyone from exactly, no exactly the thing. same.
1: So, <laughs> I, I kind of met Canon guys like sometime before I. I got to work with Sony. Now I know them really well. And now mm-hmm. like every time I see Canon guys, they look at me and be like, come mm-hmm. back to us. <laughs> like we mm-hmm. want you back.
0: Well, I don't I mean, I feel in the UK that both Canon and Nikon, they're relatively faceless to me. I don't know. I've yeah. never I feel like they've been I, I, like, I think, like, as like
1: here in Poland, they were like it was exactly the same. They were completely faceless, and then there was a moment that that Canon came, uh, you know, to the community of wedding photographers and be like, you know, approach me, approach other wedding photographers, kind of a make wedding roadshow, and then other companies started like, oh, oh, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like Sony's doing something like this. Like, why why aren't we doing? Something yeah
0: like i think it. it was a really good move on their part
1: and yeah and uh, yeah you know it's a, I guess it's the international f- goal for them or like it, it was definitely something that they got uh from up their mm. headquarters in japan like wedding photographers as soon as we had we like released our mark free cameras Mm -hmm. wedding photographer market is our market and I always wonder why why other companies are not interested in wedding. like they treat wedding photography like that it's not important while it's the only (laughs) one that is making so much money in terms of uh you know how much photographers are making and can actually afford buying new gear yeah Uh, yeah while all the you know newspaper photographers like like this is dying and, mm-hmm. and of course there are some that are working that are big and so on, but they're not as many as wedding photographers. So yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely interesting to see that there's so, so many years that the companies weren't even looking at yeah. that industry. Of yeah.
0: Um, but it's funny when you go to sort of trade shows and, and bigger shows, um, I think the majority of the people who are still purchasing cameras, they are, yeah, the amateur guys like amateurs oh, yeah want to upgrade all of the time um you know no, I, I will like i yeah that's, i can't like canon i had lenses that were so some of them were had for so long but that like, were
1: still great yeah that's what they like i i, I think it, the numbers sorry the, the numbers are that 95 or 90 or 95 percent of the camera cells are the consumer cameras not professional mm. cameras so yeah. all that you know hype that we have that there's like oh a new uh, a9 coming up and so on, it's just like a tiny percentage of of the whole camera you know so yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah i think um I think it was a uh, Lowepro when I started I worked with Lowepro for a while, and they mm-hmm. said that they make their biggest sales at the wildlife show. Interesting. Um, with um, the wildlife photographers, so obviously, I think if you're like a keen hobbyist and you want to, you know, wildlife is everywhere. Like every country in the whole world has got wildlife. Your back garden has got wildlife.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: But it's a very accessible subject and they want big long lenses and macro lenses. Yeah, they
1: need a long lenses. But it's yeah, it's expensive. it's a hobby. It's expensive hobby, like every hobby. It's
0: hobby, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I worked with um, Hasselblad for a year and they told me that their biggest clients were dentists and solicitors. Oh. Like just, yeah, vets, people like that, like working male professionals who have a lot of disposable income and just uh-huh. want very, very, you know, top end cameras. Um, yeah. Not professionals at all. Cause the whole time I shot a lot of medium format when I worked in music, but there were always rentals.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: like just, you just rented what you needed for that one particular job um, rather than trying to have, cause there's one thing having a body, but you're never going to have all the lenses that you, that possibly-
1: you need. Yeah. yeah that you could possibly need, especially the expensive ones, uh, hmm. the long ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. So tell me a little bit. I'm fascinated. We kind of skipped over so lighting, you lighting technician. This is it, position, and then picked up a camera, became a wedding photographer. But did you have any education at all in photography? Did you find workshops or look at some YouTube's or you know just very instinctive?
1: So yeah, the 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 whole. When I started uh, shooting weddings, um, I that's that's funny. And that's actually a really good tip for all the photographers listening that I was in my own cave um, in terms of because I was so busy with my like, nine-five job and then shooting weddings and then a family, uh, I, I didn't know any other photographers around me. I didn't know any other photographers in Warsaw. I only learned from internet uh, and I only learned from like the international photographers let's say so yeah so I started like reading and watching Scott Kelby and uh, Joe McNally and like the big name photographers just shooting kind of everything uh, but then I stumble across the, 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 the three names like the three names that I kind of always say that shaped my wedding photographer's existence um was was american photographers eric clausen jeff Newsom, and andrea Lindquist, and those oh, yeah. three were, were all like were the three that i'd follow like everything they've posted um at, at the at the moment that i was starting out and doing weddings so i was looking like up uh, on what they do. They use a lot of tilt shift. I, I still use a lot of tilt shift. Um, the, the posing and the stuff. So I was kind of learning from from watching them, just watching their images. Uh, and, and then there, there was a moment that Eric Clausen, that's a funny story. Eric Clausen came to Warsaw for a workshop. Uh, and what? Why, why is it funny? Because he said he's never been to Europe before. That was the first time he was in Europe. And that was a workshop in Warsaw. I was so shocked, remember, seeing him tweeting, I'm coming to Warsaw. And so that was for me first time. I, I obviously, like, I immediately bought a ticket. I went to that workshop. And that was first time for me to kind of get out of my cave and, you know, see other people doing what I do. I, at first I felt really, you know, intimidated by all the other photographers. They knew each other. They were like kind of, you know, chatting. They knew the, the Pol- I didn't know any Polish names, you know, any big names. And say, Oh, this guy, oh, this guy, oh, this is the, this guy. So I, now I know exactly who all these guys that did that, that workshop were, but for, for like at that time, that was the first moment that I kind of like, Whoa, new people, uh, other people, uh, and uh, then I did one. Jeff Newsom, like a few months later, came to London. I I went to his workshop in London, uh, and also like there was a lot of people from UK that now I know (laughs) uh, from from other stuff. But at that time, at that time, I was like really scared and like intimidated by all these, you know, photographers speaking English. They knew each other. They're like doing some amazing photography. And I'm just a guy from Poland sitting in the cave, uh, you know, doing lighting design Monday to Friday. So that Mm -hmm. was like my first two experiences with kind of getting getting out of the cave and then there was a third one, Andrea Linquist. so I had Eric Closen I had Jeff Newsom that I follow, and then Andrea Lindquist tweeted, I'm going to way up north to speak. Mm-hmm. That was the very first conference, uh, way up north conference in Europe that yeah. got sold out within a week. And Also on the day one I bought a ticket, I was like Andrea I don't know what way up north is, I'm going. <laughs> at, at first I was disappointed to learn that it's a conference for like 500 people.
0: <laughs> Not just you I and know. her.
1: I thought it's going to be like 10, 20 people, like, you know, like a workshop. Yeah, yeah. Workshop. The, the funnier story is even that there was like Ferhuaristi there. Um, yeah, I went. Videos. I went
0: to the first one. All his yeah.
1: big names and I didn't know anyone else. Like <laughs> I didn't know any other names on the list. The Jonas Peterson, I didn't know his name. <laughs>
0: um, That's so and, funny.
1: Yeah. And I booked the, the hotel uh that uh, that was uh you know, the default hotel for everyone is staying and i remember coming to stockholm for for for, for this one uh, going to the, uh, the to check in and met jacob the organizer he was like oh yeah like you're far way up north come down like we were at the bar here and i went to the bar and sat next to the guy uh and that was jonas and in front of fer and like all the speakers were there and i didn't know so i didn't feel like i'm you know i'm just a guy i oh the guy from my i sat there that was so funny experience, uh, which like Fer, for example, was amazing. He was like, you're from Poland. Oh my God, you're crazy. I'm Poland. What is Poland? What do you do? Like, do, you do? Like, he was like like super open. Uh, and then when I learned and saw these old people on stage, I was like, oh shit, I just met all the, you know, all the, the biggest names uh, in the industry. But also that was like the, so those three events, so learning from Eric, from Jeff, and then learning from from not only andrea but all these other photographers that was the moment that i realized i have to do something if i want to make that leap that i yeah. still can like i need to think uh, like more strategic i have to have some idea for this because so far like up, up to that point i was like floating you know someone just you know i jumped the water and like i was just like floating as the water, kind of like, oh, uh, here's the inquiry for wedding. You want to shoot our wedding? Yeah, I'm going to shoot your wedding. Okay, and another inquiry for wedding. You want to shoot our wedding? Uh, yeah, this is my offer. Oh, this is too expensive. Okay, I can do cheaper. And I was just, you know, <laughs> just, just, yeah, yeah, okay, next wedding, next wedding. And didn't think about what to publish, didn't think what to use, like how to market myself. And these three events kind of also shaped my head being like, dude, you if you want to like reach somewhere, you know, do all photography, you have to think, what do you want and how should you do it? Uh, yeah. And and I changed all my website. I removed a lot of photos from my website. I started uh, posting different stuff. I started shoot, shooting different stuff uh, so I can post and, and kind of be more uh yeah you know the uh, show one kind of a style that i have yeah. uh i removed a lot of church weddings that like i always shot a lot of church weddings because poland was very catholic but then there was so many you know you know new age kind of weddings in poland like outdoor wedding nice weddings that i wanted to shoot but i i didn't show them so i kind of you know made all that stuff and 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 yeah that was like all those three events so that's why i was saying that this is a really good tip for all of listeners like people doing photography wedding photography and being like hey how how can i move forward and actually you know meeting new people and Mm -hmm. listening to experience of other people and opening yourself to the the world to the industry to other people to the network this like for me it was it kicked my ass so much i you know it made me want to be better Mm -hmm. you know like a group for example looks like film group the huge community of photographers um uh, i I met a lot of people from that group and i at some point it it made me like oh you know oh my god there's like there's so many amazing photographers out there shooting all this stuff i want to be like one of them you know Mm -hmm. Uh, so i was you know i was like stimulating myself uh, at first like watching all these wedding photos then watching other photos and then uh, you know just trying to come up with something that's mine that's different that's you know um and also learning what's what's important like for me like or, or, like right now the the whole my business turns around uh about like of who i am and why people want to book me not necessarily about the picture on the cliff or, or something like that. Um, so, yeah, so it's been a wild couple of years uh, of, of, of learning, of, of meeting new people and, you know, shaping myself. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting you said all that because when I went to that way up north, the first one, um, Andrea was probably the only speaker I hadn't heard of. And yet I did feel the most impact from her talk.
1: Yeah, she was um, amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought she was really, it was really. Educative.
1: Lot, yeah. yeah,
0: very educational. And I, you know, from some of the other speakers, um, what, you know, this, this, because it's a big event, isn't it? And, it, and it's, you know. A big stage and spotlight, the yeah. huge screen and the yeah. you know amphitheater. that's like the music, you know, moved like vibrates you in your yeah, seat. Yeah, I,
1: I still remember that dong.
0: Yeah, oh exactly. It's a, it's like going to a rock concert, isn't it? But
1: yeah.
0: I did feel like a lot of the other speakers. It was it was they were so good. It was so unachievable that it kind of deflated me, in a way, and made me think. You know that they're like so on a different level like I'm never gonna be like that you that's, know? that's like, really
1: interesting because what I learned that that conference that they're they're no different than I am and, yeah. I, like, and, I, could, and I could be there you know and I could be there at some point because like they also struggle I remember like James Mose talking about yeah. how much he struggles uh with stuff you know i yeah. don't like or also like at the workshop of jeff newsom i remember how he said like like every december he's scared about the number of bookings he has and i kind of like all these showed me like oh my god they are ex- like we think that these guys mm. girls like like people on the stage are gods in photography <laughs> uh but actually of course all of them they have talent for something you know mm. Uh, but also, that's that's what I see a, a big value on the multi-speaker events like yours, for example. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's it's not possible to be like someone else, right? It's yeah. not possible to copy exactly. Oh, I'm gonna be like Jeff Mewson. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna do all this crazy lighting stuff, or I'm gonna be like Andrea. I'm gonna yeah. be very good with the client service and with my brochures mm-hmm. being filled of like all the information, like blah blah blah. But um, so you think the thing with multi-speaker events is you hear a lot of stuff, which then I remember I still I, I today actually I found the notes from that first conference I've been to and I I I. I made like the little circles of ideas, what's awesome and what I like. And then I paint them in different colors, like this is achievable for me and this is not.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: this is like I, like, I literally, I tried doing the brochures yeah. and, like, and being like very good and educating my clients, but it's totally not my vibe. I'm super mm-hmm. laid back. I can't be helping organizing a wedding for my company. <laughs> But I know so many people are amazing in that and get booked because they are so helpful for their clients, right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Um, So like they're like, uh, that's what is the, like what I say is the value of the multi-speaker events that you hear so many different ideas of Mm -hmm. how to make your business better uh, Mm -hmm. that you can like take a little things from this one, this one, this one, and this one and make it your own uh, that fits you that uh, it's that you're comfortable with because that's like you know if you're gonna do something to make your business better because it's good on the paper you're not it's nothing different from having a regular job that you hate that you have to do what you have to do
0: yeah yeah
1: so uh, but if you can do if you can't do your photography business doing things that you love and enjoy and feel comfortable and natural with uh, then it's a winner
0: Well, yeah, I mean, this is the sort of position you and I are in at the minute because we both have talks to present and <laughs> Your your conference that so when I do photography farm um, I give the speakers a little bit of guidance on uh, topics so that I feel like the days are quite Congress and together and there's not repetition and it feels like an overall thought-out, planned event. Um, but you guys, you're just like you're the opposite. You're, you can talk about anything that you want. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so like we do it. Like we we want to have the, like your your biggest value is what you you are good at, right? Mm-hmm. So we want yeah. you to be comfortable with what you speak and being like fully, you know. that's my thing this is how Mm -hmm. I do and this is what I love and um, uh, which I think is like maybe also is a thing with the organizational skills that you Mm -hmm. have and I don't that much (laughs) Like at some level I have I've made a multiple big events but yeah there are some things that I just let loose And this is one of these. Uh...
0: Yeah, I I just, I think I've just, I've done a few. And so we kind of have a bit of a blueprint now in place. (laughs) Work that gets put in early on. That means as we run up to it, I kind of, there's a lot automated that I've learned. Because I'm not good with Excel. I'm not a natural spreadsheet maker at all and that kind of thing <laughs> really pushes me out of my comfort zone so i yeah, yeah, spent a lot of time getting a, a, a productivity manager to come in and tighten all that stuff up for us <laughs> that's funny, that's but
1: funny. Yeah, but, so, yeah but i really like the idea of the, of the farm event uh yeah. in late march uh being the full take on wedding day Yes. Uh, so uh, like each of us will say something about the, the part of the wedding that he, he she feels good at, mm-hmm. enjoys, and it's her like superpower, um, sure. her and his superpower. So so yeah, I think that's that's also something that for a lot of people is very helpful. Because there are but like there are a no lot of please. people talking about portraits, a lot of people talking about documentary, but uh, like there are not many people like breaking down every moment uh, of it, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I I've never seen anyone talk about group shots at a conference, um, and yeah. that's what I'm going to cover. <laughs> um, it's not a sexy topic, either, but I think I can sex it up a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so,
0: I think so. I, um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about it actually, um, and yeah, I just, I don't know how it occurred to me, I think I was thinking after our Farmer's Market event, mm-hmm. which we did back in October, and one of the most successful classes was um, Matt Parry and Lee Allen, a couple of UK alternative photographers, did a class on on shooting the dance floor, and, uh, you know, they they closed the curtains and they had some disco lights and loud music and Jäger bombs, I believe.
1: <laughs> four oh, nice. and um
0: And I think it's sort of that little German idea came from that because I thought like it would be great at um, our other conference to do something that included specifically breaking down shooting the dance floor because... I get a lot. I don't know if you use second shooters, but I use second shooters, and sometimes the, the images, you know, the their files are great up until the sun goes down. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. That's and true. That's true. Like, I I do have also. I like I do have my style of shooting that that piece mm-hmm. of, of 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 a day, and uh, I I rarely use second shooters. But if I do, I don't remember myself using any of the images from that part of the the day um so yeah that also tells something about (laughs) about yeah i
0: mean i love i love it's funny it's the part of the day i enjoy editing the most as well as i hate editing but i enjoy editing Mm -hmm. party pictures but i think because when i worked in music i did work in dance music quite a lot oh yeah oh yeah a lot of clubs and having to shoot in clubs uh and then like publishing was all based on transparency. So we had to shoot, you had to get nail everything in camera when you shoot on transparency, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. even fix it in the print. Um, so my settings are probably pretty much the same as when I used to go, you know, Ministry of Sound and all these places shooting um, for clubbers. Uh, so I like shooting that part of the day and it just got me to think, well, you know, what if somebody broke down shooting prep? And some tips for that. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: What if we just got people to kind of work to their strengths and then chatting to you and Mark about, because this is it, we do really have a secret society, don't we? Of kind uh, 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 of, yeah, yeah. yeah. Organizers, because you guys suggested York Play Studios as a really good um, speaker. Oh, yeah. And uh, of course, then their documentary style, it, you know, just led to thinking, well, they could talk about shooting the reception. Yeah. And this was like, I'm really liking this idea. So uh, I'm really happy with our lineup and how you guys are all yeah, going to really yeah, work yeah.
1: your story. Uh, yeah. I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. It's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All the speakers. I also like, I love listening to the other people speaking. So I always enjoy being a part of, 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 of you know, events like that um yeah but also like with the dense uh shots mm-hmm. it's um uh, i don't know how in the uk but in poland we do stay a pretty long time at the yeah. uh, in the evening during a wedding day uh, it, it usually starts at 6 7 p.m and it, you stay until at least midnight 1 a.m so it's wow six hours six hours of shooting in the dark shooting people dancing
0: drinking
1: mm-hmm. eating dancing drinking eating dancing that's all i do polish people at weddings uh and then it it like it always uh it comes up like a little funny to me when i see all these polish group of photographers being like oh how 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 should i shoot uh the the dance part so like the, the you know the wedding party party Mm. dance party Uh, and I'm like dude there's like seven hours for you to figure that out (laughs) every time we're at the wedding you have so much time that you can try like literally every type of flash non-flash setup there is there's gonna be so much dancing you can set up multiple external flashes and just remotely trigger them you can bounce flash. You can drag, how do you say that? Dragging drag the, shutter. the shutter. Drag the shutter. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can turn off the flash. You can, yeah. you can have LED panel with you. There like, are <laughs> so many options. You can have second shooter with second lamp just following what you see. Like there's just so many options, and they will depend. Like what you finally, like the final effect is gonna depend on the place you are and the people. Like how are they, you know, dancing? You, you won't do the, you know, dragging the shutter for one couple on the dance floor that is huge, and these are like old people just you know cuddling. You won't just like hit them with the flash and be like, <laughs> you know, just um, moving your camera so so um so yeah so i i hope to cover i'm writing right now my speech actually there's still uh like a month uh yeah. plus to go so i'm breaking down the 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 options um that you have but also it's kind of a connected with with the with your approach to do oh, a wedding day itself so mm-hmm. Uh, my idea for the speech uh, if I can uh, like tease it a little bit is gonna be uh, I'm gonna start off with 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 my whole marketing approach to my clients so that will allow me to shoot the way I want to shoot the dance floor and then I'm gonna go to the real life examples and types of the flash photography and non-flash photography that that i use i mainly shoot on camera flash so i will mostly uh talk about on camera flash and then i'm kind of known in the industry for doing the 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 awesome dragging the shutter crazy party shots so that's going to be like the cherry on the top Uh,
0: well you always um photograph the wooden banana party yeah (laughs) up north which always always looks insane and it's a
1: crazy party so it's really really fun fun to photograph it uh and yeah well you are a
0: big part of that community now aren't you so you've gone from being the attendee went down the lift and yeah yeah that's
1: yeah that's that's (laughs) i i I remember feeling that when i went on the stage in stockholm for the first time like it was two and a half years after i was coming as a no name not knowing anyone like not Mm -hmm. a single person not knowing who Fer Huarisi is to you know to 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 be on stage uh so yeah yeah, that was that was amazing
0: so you must have got to know Jakob and um Cole Cole. pretty well yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. we we had them in Poland for for the first sporting workshop we fed them with pierogies so (laughs)
0: wow so they actually spoke because I have asked them been a no it's just a no to me Um, (laughs) but yeah i'd love to get them to speak because they
1: are different like from anyone else that you could have so they're very business-minded people and and so they can talk about what no one else is talking (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no hugely admire their business skills um and yeah so well, we're looking forward to getting you in Brighton. Um, and have you ever been to Brighton before? Nope. No. Have you been to Scotland before?
1: I've been to Scotland. I've I've, I've been in Glasgow, Edinburgh. I've shot in Isle of Skye. Uh, and I'm shooting in one more wedding this year in Scotland as well. So nice. Somewhere north. I actually don't remember now yet. Uh, but yeah. Uh, been there three or four times. Uh, of course.
0: So with the lovely Mark Bukura from yeah. Atlanta, who uh, who I hear is, is is possibly planning to migrate back to Poland.
1: Y- yes. Yes. Yeah, like, uh, hating Scotland weather, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, that no. would be the biggest. Like, uh, if, if I would ever move from Poland, I would love to move to a place that has at least better weather than we yeah. have. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I, like, I... It's uh, and Scotland is one of like not one of these places for sure, uh, but there are like limited options if you want to have English-speaking place. Mm, uh, mm. There's only England and Scotland, and then what? Australia, which is very far away, and then very hot. <laughs> United States, which is also very far far away and, uh, and hard to get.
0: Well, Brighton's um, nice and sunny normally. It's a Bit windy the last few days, but yeah. So, but so what, I wonder... what, what what
1: weather should I expect.
0: Oh, it's, it's the UK, Do you just dress for everything, just layers, layer it on, layer onion, it on.
1: Onion, onion style.
0: You never know,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> it yeah. might be snowing, it might be tropical, it's, uh, it's why we always talk about the weather so much, Magic, it's, uh, wow. it's why Brits are obsessed with it, because you just <laughs> never ever know, and in Glasgow there's a saying that if you don't like the weather, you just have to wait for 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, it's going to change, okay, sounds like Iceland.
0: Yeah. Well, so I wonder if Mark Bakura moves back to Poland, will he speak Polish with a funny Scottish accent?
1: No. <laughs> he does not speak Polish with a funny accent. That's. Yeah.
0: Mm. Are you sure?
1: I'm sure. I, I've heard <laughs> him speak multiple times in Polish. Doesn't sound. Does he speak English with a bit, like with a funny yeah, Polish accent?
0: Polish-Scottish. Polish-Scottish. Yeah, Scottish yeah. Um, so His mix. accent is really wonderful. It is adorable. It's <laughs> uh, very unique to Mark. That's funny. Wow, anyway. So, you have four children who uh, are either in bed now or you have oh, yeah. to get up early in no, no, the
1: Yeah, they're sleeping and I have to get up. Yes, they will wake me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere between... Hopefully 7 and 7.30, uh, but sometimes th- that could be 6 a.m. With uh, my third, uh, my daughter, the, the third one in line, uh, uh not whispering, but screaming that she wants a sandwich with honey. <laughs> and she goes like, sandwich with honey! And there's a little one sleeping... Next to our bed, uh, our youngest son Zachary, he's one year old, and and we're like, no, no, shh, shh, don't wake him up, don't wake him up. And now you see, you hear him screaming, and now everyone's up. <laughs> At that time, so yeah, uh, crazy times. Like uh, like recently, I let my wife sleep a little longer, and she slept until one p.m. Wow, and I was up from six a.m. And when she came, she's like, oh, like, how long have you been out? And I was like, oh, shit, seven hours. Wow. <laughs> crazy life of parents of multiple kids. It's, uh, I really love, there's a quote from For Juaristi, who obviously now I know who he is. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, you know that guy. He has this, this, this video for, I think, smart something, smart albums or smart slides uh, that he says, that have uh, like the kids having that many kids it's like diarrhea but it smells like (laughs) perfume uh so yeah i really love this quote and kind of it kind of describes uh my life (laughs) at the moment uh and also we have winter holidays for the next two weeks so i have all my kids at home so this is my office i'm right now in my office which is like upstairs uh Mm -hmm. i'm behind the closed doors but for the next two weeks i won't be able to work Uh, like as i regularly do sit uh, and they go to school and preschool and stuff no they're going to be at home so we have we have very um uh, very ambitious plans of doing uh, lego animations
0: oh yeah some
1: time lapse uh videos uh going to some museums so yeah the line is very very long so it's gonna be a busy two weeks and then it ends and it's boring workshop got so, yeah, no, anything to do so
0: do you have last minute jobs for your conference or is it all under control
1: Uh, it's basically most of it is under control but there's like last minute stuff that you have to do like print the the name tags and stuff yeah. like that because some people will just book the tickets last minute so yeah. there's some of a stuff that I have a list here on the table uh, and I could count one Two, three, four, five, six, seven,
0: eight, eight, nine, ten, eleven things to do. <laughs> that's not too bad. That's not too bad. <laughs> I have a similarly sized to-do list. Um, I always remember. Um, so one of the things that we organised was Farm um, Whitney Chamberlain. Do you know Whitney? Yeah,
1: I do know Whitney. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he he came along uh, just to hang out um, with Jan um, because they had some friends who were speaking at my event.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And
0: yeah, so they just came for like a couple of, like a day or two to hang out and party with us and it was really nice to meet him. Um, but he was like a week out of field trip, like it was the following week. Oh. And I was like, I can't believe you're on holiday.
1: Like, <laughs> a week before, before your the field event.
0: Trip. Yeah, like what? how on earth do you manage that? And he was like, because... And he, oh, he said this to me, and every time I do an event I always think about it. And he was like, because all that happens the week before is people email me asking me questions I've already given them the answer to I have given them all of the information in advance and he's like so he puts like an out of office on and oh, yeah. he just referred to my previous emails
1: nice and, uh, that's clever
0: and it, it's so true <laughs> it's so true it's like it doesn't matter when you send the information or how many times you send it in the last like week or so, you were still getting lots of people asking. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. asking. And that's yeah. not
0: just attendees, that's like speakers yeah, and sponsors. And everybody, yeah. um, nobody reads anything. And I'm now I'm on the other side of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll read that later. I'll read that closer to the time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's no point. There's no point. So yeah, I should just book a holiday. Shouldn't
1: I? That's, yeah, that's a very solid idea. Do you have a week off just before your big job? Uh,
0: yeah yeah because i always get really stressed so yeah just go into it like go to a spa to to switch everything off
1: uh, that'd be (laughs) nice that'd be nice although i do like the having holidays with four kids it's Mm. more than a full-time job
0: oh okay (laughs) so every
1: like every time holiday comes you wait until their end like you're enjoying them of course but it's like a Mm waking up in the morning and being busy for all day versus you know sitting in the office for eight hours and just be alone you know (laughs) on the headphones and just editing photos or something like that so you know uh, it feels more like a holidays this way
0: ah nice yes this is why well, I'm gonna let you go because I know you've got to get up in the morning, <laughs> and it has been really lovely to chat to you. Thank you so
1: much. It was and very nice. Uh,
0: excited about getting you over to Brighton and then hanging out in Glasgow. Yeah, I can't um, wait
1: for to meet all of all of you guys listening.
0: Mm-hmm. But before that, I will be seeing you in Warsaw. I'm yes. Very excited.
1: So Thank you have like.